Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones, and here I am to share another quiet talk with you that I pray will bless your heart. My wife and I used to like watching a TV show about a brilliant doctor who unfortunately couldn't stand the sight of blood. You can see how this would hinder his work. Personally, I don't mind blood as long as it stays inside the body. It's when it starts coming out that I don't care for it. But even though I don't like close encounters with real blood, I find it fascinating to think about. They say there are between 20 and 30 trillion red blood cells in the average human body. That's a lot. That's somewhere around 5 million in every cubic millimeter of blood. The total length of the veins and arteries in your body has been estimated at 93,000 miles, or about three and three quarters the circumference of the earth. One red blood cell travels around 300 miles in its brief four-month-long lifespan. So if you multiply, multiply that times 30 trillion, that's a lot of traveling. Of course, red blood cells carry oxygen to all the other cells in your body. Oxygen is your life. Red blood cells have no nucleus, plus they are just the right shape to carry the maximum payload of hemoglobin, the amazing process by which oxygen is instantly changed into a form capable of being carried through the blood is beyond this talk. Besides, I don't really understand it anyway, but I can still say, wow. The Bible touched on all this in Leviticus 17:11, which is found in one of the bloodiest books in the Bible. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Life is in the blood. Modern medical science has belatedly found this out after years of thinking you could make sick people get better by bleeding them. Just ask George Washington. Let's talk about spiritual life. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Just as the life of the flesh is in the blood, eternal life is found only in the blood of Jesus. I'm also reminded of those words in the opening verses of the Gospel of John about Jesus Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. His life is transmitted to us through his blood. Thinking of the amazing travel that takes place every day in your bloodstream, consider this beautiful line from the song by Andre Crouch that was called, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. It says, it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. He's talking there about the blood of Jesus. Its power is unlimited. It brings life. It raises the dead, those who are dead in their sins. And speaking of sin, let's talk about the other thing the blood does that is just as vital. As we said, it carries oxygen 
to the cells of our bodies, the oxygen that powers those cells, the oxygen that gives us life. But after they fulfill that responsibility, they do something on the return trip. They carry off the waste products of the cells in the form of carbon dioxide. Again, the process by which this substance is transformed so it can flow through the bloodstream and then be reconverted to a gas in the lungs is amazing. But without this function of your red blood cells, you would be poisoned. Just getting the oxygen is not enough. What's left over after that oxygen is used must be carried out of the body. The red blood cells do that. Also, on account of the fact they don't have a nucleus, they can carry much more on their way back to the lungs. 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. His blood takes away the impurity of our sin. That sin that separates us from God is cleared out by the precious blood of Christ. I've often remarked when preaching that I'm so glad I was born in the New Testament era. I could never be a priest under the law of Moses. It was far too bloody, too messy. I don't have the stomach for it. Years ago, a friend tried to make a deer hunter out of me. Fortunately, although I spent time out in the woods, freezing to death, I might add, I never got a deer. The reason I say that is that after you kill the deer, you have to gut it. I'm just not wired for that job. The cross of Jesus was a bloody, awful sight. Jesus had been beaten almost to death, to the point that his flesh was hanging down his back in ribbons. They had gouged a crown of thorns down upon his head. Of course, the scalp is one of the most vascular parts of your body, so he no doubt bled profusely, the blood running down his face into his eyes. And of course, the spikes in his hands and feet. It would have been a horrendous sight. I, for one, would not have been able to watch. I would probably have fainted on the ground. But as awful and disgusting as it was, this shedding of blood was absolutely necessary if any of us are to inherit eternal life. Remember that verse from Leviticus, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. It is the blood the life of the flesh that makes atonement for our souls. There was no other way. The wages of sin is death. Our sin was placed upon him at Calvary, and he died in our place. Now, by faith in his precious blood, our sin can be atoned for, taken away, that we might bear it and its horrible consequences no longer. In the book of Revelation, John is carried in the Spirit into heaven itself. He sees the throne of God. He sees angels, and he, he sees 24 elders representing the Old and New Testament generations. Then he sees a great crowd of people, a crowd too vast 
to count. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What a striking figure, white in the blood. One of the worst stains you can get on your clothes is blood. It's hard to get out. But the Bible says our sins are washed away in the blood of Christ. His blood, like the blood in our veins, carries away all the impurity. So we must carry it no longer. My friend, have your garments been made white in the blood of the Lamb? Is the stain of your sin gone? It can be today by calling upon this one who laid down his life for you, this one whose blood flowed down the rough wood of the cross into the dust of Golgotha. Call on him today. A wonderful old gospel song says, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, God, we are so grateful to you, Lord, that you gave your Son to shed his blood for us, to bring us life, and to carry away our sins there at Calvary. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us to lay down our lives for you, to give everything for you, Lord Jesus, and our gratitude for what you have done for us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. My dear precious friend, there's a group of us in the Schenectady, New York area who are seeking to establish a new work there, a new congregation, and it's called Bread of Life Anglican Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in that area, you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. 10 o'clock Sunday, 1809 Union Street. And if you'd like to reach me, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. I pray that God will bless you richly.